conversations around good. Yo, we talking. The conversations around good. Yo, yo, we talking. Yo. Conversations, conversations, conversations around the good. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am so excited that you're about to listen in on another episode of the Made Possible by podcast. I wanted to take a quick second to let you know exactly what we do. Made Possible by makes giving easy for community-minded businesses and provide a more effective way to share their stories of good. Now let's jump into the podcast. Welcome to the Made Possible by Podcast, where we have conversations around good with community-minded individuals. We hope that today's episode inspires you to go out and do good. Hello, and thank you again for joining us for another conversation around good. I am Tracy with Made Possible By, and we do several things at Made Possible. Um, one of them is that we help businesses process their sponsorship requests, help them save time and the good that they're doing in the community. And then we also share stories of good. We love to make good loud. We love to talk about businesses and organizations and individuals that are doing cool things in their community. And I'm so excited today. I'm really honored to have this guest today and when you hear her bio you'll understand why but I'm here with Miss Jill Castilla and she is the CEO president chief executive of all things at Citizens Bank of Edmond in Oklahoma so Jill thank you for joining us today thank it's you awesome for, to be here thank you oh, so much I appreciate you taking the time especially coming off after your busy weekend with your big event kickoff which we'll talk about some more in a few minutes but I'm sure you're a little bit tired after the I'm weekend. a little tired I, I know we're on video so I'm like <laughs> my eyes are a little puffier than no normal. you're all you look great you look great um, I want to share with our listeners uh, a little bit more about you Jill um, like I said you um, are the president and chief executive offer and officer and chairwoman of Citizens Bank of Edmonds since 2009 and you probably one of the things that people most know you for is your most recent really cool thing is partnering with Mark Cuban and Tesla in creating an award-winning PPP bank website to support small businesses during COVID pandemic. And she filed the patent for uh, the creation of the full service electronic banking facility. And I don't want to just camp on that. We'll talk about it a little bit because I'm sure you're probably tired of telling that story. But I love how that story, how that happened. And so we're just going to talk about that in a few minutes. But it's a cool story. It's a cool story. Yeah, it is a really cool story. Um, her entrepreneurial spirit spills over into incubating community engagement as the founder of Herd on Herd, which was the event that we were talking about a few minutes ago, and she'll share more about that. Um, and she is also the creator of Vault 405, which is the first co-working space in downtown Edmond. And it just happens to be where we are right now recording in their sweet podcast room. And that's why we sound all shiny and sharp, because we're in the vault today. Yes. Great equipment. 
It is great equipment. It's really nice. I know. So on the national stage, um, she serves as an appointed civilian aide to the Secretary of the Army, a member of the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City's Community Depository Institutions Advisory Council. That's a really long. It's a long. It's <laughs> called CDAC. And so that's what we just say. Okay, there you go. Because that's a long one. Mm-hmm. Um, she is an executive board member of the American Bankers Association. On a local level, Jill serves on boards of the Community Bankers Association of Oklahoma, Metafund, the Boys Scouts Last Frontier Council, Allied Arts, Mercy, Oklahoma, YMCA of Greater Oklahoma City, and the Edmund Chamber of Commerce, as well as an advisor to venture funds, incubators, and startups. And that's how I met Jill, is Jill was a mentor for me when I was going through the Oklahoma City Thunder Launchpad. Shout out to Erica Lucas at uh, Stitch Crew. She's amazing. She is. She's a force of nature. She is. Um, She's one of my good friends and always keeps me straight and gives yeah. you pats on back when you need them to. So. Yes, that's right. And she'll she'll tell you when you need to change something too. <laughs> she will. The first one. <laughs> Which is good. You need people like that in your life. Um, Jill is also a dean of the Southwest Graduate School of Banking at Southern Methodist University, as well as a president advisor of the University of Central Oklahoma. And in 2020, she was named as one of the 25 most powerful women in banking by the American Banker Association. And this honor followed six years of being a recipient of the American Bankers Most Powerful Women in Banking Women to Watch. And also in 2020, she was recognized as the Bank Dives Executive of the Year, Cornerstone Advisory Banker of the Year, Journal Records Newsmaker of the Year in Banking and Finance, and Oklahoma City's 50 Most Powerful Women. Advancements in partnership and banking technology have also been recognized with the 2020 Best FinTech Partnership Award by Finnovate, and in 2021, FinTech Weekly's 100 Most Influential People in FinTech. And under her leadership, Citizens Bank of Edmond has been a two-time recipient of the Top Team in Banking and Community Banker of the Year by American Banker. Uh, she's also been awarded, hold on to your hats, people, we're still going. She's also been awarded the Most Innovative CEO in Banking by Bank Innovation, Most Admired CEO in Oklahoma by the Journal Record, and Business Leader of the Year by Oklahoma Christian University. And prior to all this, I'm still going, don't hang on. Prior to all this, um, she managed various departments at the Federal Reserve Bank in Kansas City, and she was an enlisted member in the U.S. Army and the Army National Guard. Um, She also holds a master's degree in economics from the University of Oklahoma, a bachelor's degree in finance from Hawaii Pacific University, where she's a distinguished alumna, and she is a graduate of the University of Wisconsin. Wisconsin's Graduate School of Banking in Wharton. Am I saying that right? The Wharton School. She and her husband, who is retired Lieutenant Colonel Marcus Castilla, are proud parents of three children, and one is currently attending the U.S. Naval Academy, and their oldest is an Army officer and graduate of the U.S. Military Academy at West Point. And you went to West Point, right? No, no, I was enlisted. So, oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. So wow that was a lot I mean it's it's been really an incredible um time
time here on earth. So, <laughs> <laughs> I've been a really amazing, you know, I've had some amazing people and I'll really a lot of the things you talked about were really times of crisis in my personal life that ended mm -hmm. up being like being able to serve in the military that's led to so many different things that were not on the radar something that I thought would be part of my career track that really set the stage for so much in the future so you just never um you just never know where life is going to lead you and it's been I've been really fortunate to work with some really incredible people who end up have opened a lot of the doors for me mm -hmm. well clearly I mean I love that you say that you've partnered with people to do that because you've been able to do some really cool things um, one thing I appreciate about, well, there's several things I appreciate about Jill. One, she's available to people. I mean, she is super humble, as you can tell. Um, she is available to entrepreneurs, to um, interns, to anybody who just needs to bounce some ideas off of her. I was in a meeting with her a week ago, two weeks ago, and she was sharing the story about she has someone in her life named Scott Williams, uh, this wonderful person who just encourages her and was coming alongside her and building her up and telling her great things about her. And she was just overwhelmed by it because she's, I'll, I'll let you put it in your words, but you said you don't always feel as confident as people would assume that you are. Um, no, I mean, I think that's where a lot of the success that we've had is because I haven't been the smartest person in the room or, um, you know, just just always been in this learning and growth kind of mode that, um, you know, this, I think as women, female leaders, a lot of times when we can't see, especially someone that looks like us in the leadership ranks, that sometimes we don't feel like that we deserve to be there. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm always dealing kind of with that imposter syndrome where you're like, wow, I'm, I'm, am I really an effective CEO? Like, is this really where I'm meant to be? And, you know, you need people around you. You miss, mentioned Erica Lucas mm -hmm. and Scott Williams that will both kind of give you a kick in the rear sometimes, <laughs> but also um, help you also understand what they see in you and have people that you respect that see more out of you than what you see for yourself and um, you know that makes you a little bit more aspirational on what type of leader you think you can be and so mm -hmm. um, yeah yeah I mean I think every leader um, some are more transparent about when they have some insecurities but and I think too when you're open to feedback and whenever you really care about how people perceive how you're working or how they you they feel when they interact with you um, whenever you're you're constantly kind of evaluating and growing and trying to take inventory of that feedback and incorporate it they can't help but go through cycles of being insecure about you know how you do how you're doing in your job and because you're always working to analyze those weaknesses and improve them and and make sure too that the strengths that you have don't become weaknesses and so that just takes constant work so um, and it can lead to insecurity too and so you need a team that that both believes in you but also will be quick to point out what you can improve upon mm, well I appreciate that you like I said that you're vulnerable that you're willing to share that you feel insecure at times um, but that you are also striving to improve to get better, to listen to those people. Um, I love how you said that when we don't see someone like us in the C-suite type area or in any area, that it's hard to believe in yourself, to believe that you can do that. That's how, um, I don't know if you heard the story about Hetty and how he decided to run for Senate. Um, Hetty Coleman is one of our partners at Made Possible By, and he was down at the Capitol, and he was walking the halls, and he didn't see anyone that looked like him. Mm. And if you haven't met Hetty, Hetty's an African-American man who is a force of nature. Mm -hmm. Didn't see anyone like him. He had never had even thought about running for office, but he thought, my kids can't, won't be able to 
see someone like me unless I'm willing to stand up and do that. And he ran for office and he didn't win and it was okay, but he, you know, got out there and loved people through the process. Yeah. I think it's really important whenever you are in an industry or somewhere where you're, there's not a lot of representation. It's, it's that much more important than when you are in the position, you have to, you have to step into that spotlight when it comes your way so that others can see the possibilities. If you can see it, if you, you can be it, and um, yeah, so Hetty does such a great job with that and, and others. And so it's, it's just so important to get out there and, and engage and encourage the future generation to mm-hmm. see the possibilities. Absolutely. You can do it. There's, no, there's nothing stopping you, people. Nothing <laughs> stopping you. So tell us something unique about you, Jill, something that's maybe something that people don't know and something that brought you joy this week. Um, so, I mean, there's some, there, I, I'm, I'm pretty boring, but probably <laughs> the surprises would be, um, so I love video games. I've been playing the same video game for probably 25 years. And so that's really how I like decompress and is by gaming. And then, um, my favorite genre of music is rap and hip hop. And so, um, you know, that's probably something else that typical bank CEOs don't have <laughs> no. playing whenever they're starting up their car. And so, um, yeah, those are probably the two unique things I think that you don't probably think when you yeah. talk to Joel Castilla. So. Can you tell us what game you play for 25 years? So I've been playing two. So one is Heroes of Might and Magic 3, which is a turn-based strategy game. Okay. And so it tastes like I completely turn off my mind and yeah, play. Yeah, And then Civ, I think it's Civ 2 is the level that I play, but I'll play some different civilization um, which is really fun because you get to build and destroy, you know, empires. Yeah, yeah. So it's strategic. Yeah, yeah, it can be, but these are all turn based, so you're really like, um, it's you can take breaks from it, and, okay. and I've played them a million times in every scenario. So okay, so uh, it is a little bit more of a mind break for me. Nice, you you have to have that thing. Yeah, that you could shut your brain so. off. I do a lot of yoga too. That's probably similar. So it's mm-hmm. probably more. It's probably a healthier addiction. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever helps your body reset and and just breathe is good. Is yes, good. I think so. So, what brought you joy this week? Surely not your air conditioner not working this weekend. That yeah, it's probably. been a hard week. We had a we have a daughter in law that lives in Wichita. We have a little condo there. It caught on fire, and so oh. we had some we had some challenges this past week. But I got to speak for the first time. I did a first keynote I've done in two years. I did that on Friday. And so it was really fun just getting back engaged with other bankers, other community bankers, and um, just seeing their reaction to some of the things that we were able to do this past year and then hear their stories afterwards about what their banks were doing to help their communities and their customers during this time of, you know, such challenge. And that was really fun um, to be a part of. And and I I got, I was hit by a truck walking across the street two years ago. So I wasn't able to speak um, after that point. And then COVID happened. And so this is the first time I came back on stage. And, you know, I was having a really hard time for a while coming up with words and and adjusting um, to environments. And so I I was concerned to speak after that accident. And so to get back on stage too, and to be able to not have like, you know, just stare blank into the 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 crowd was a big win so it was just a really great experience and so much support from my fellow bankers nice okay you're gonna have to back up you got hit by a truck i did i was walking across the street here in downtown edmond and got hit by a 
GMC Sierra um, that didn't see me while I was in the crosswalk. And so I had concussion and oh my broke my arm. And so, um, yeah, it was really scary. I, I flew about 12 feet. I came out of my shoes and landed headfirst on my backpack that I carry around. So I have this to me backpack that I paid too much money for. It's like ballistic nylon. And I landed on that, and it likely saved my life. So I didn't know why you needed a ballistic nylon backpack. But now apparently, <laughs> you know now. But, yeah, it was um, really traumatic. But, um, but yeah, I'm doing really well. And, um, and you know, to be able to bounce back from that and be able to have that experience speaking was really, really a great joy this past week. Wow. That's a great story in of itself. I, I don't know why I don't know that story at all. That's very, very unique. And to kind of pull things full circle, um, Scott Williams ran to my A, came to the emergency room with me when I went to OU Trauma and um, was there with me for hours and there in the hospital. And so, you know, you just have people that will be with you the, the best parts of your life, but then will run to your aid whenever you're in times of trouble. So mm-hmm. really just, you know, really grateful for people like that in my life. So I got to spend some time with Scott this morning. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. It's We got to have those people. Yeah, he came in, and Scott's also an African-American man, and um, they went and let him into the hospital see me, so he told him that he was my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so was so special when he yes. said that that's what he did because that's about how I consider him. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, family's not always just blood. That's true. We get to choose those people sometimes. That, that's right. There you go. So speaking of family, tell us a little bit about your kiddos. So I have one at home. He's a junior in high school, Nicholas. And so he is he's studying he's right now doing his um a summer stem program with the naval academy and is about to go to a chinese immersion program so oh my he's such a cool kid um and so and then i have a daughter who's just finished her freshman year at the naval academy and she's a cheerleader on the navy um, with, with navy so if you watch a navy football game you'll see her on the sidelines so she's sailing right now from new york city to annapolis maryland so she just sailed up and spent the weekend in new york and is flying and is sailing back to annapolis right now and then our oldest son is an armor um, platoon leader he's a scout platoon leader at fort bliss texas uh, ryan so he's a first lieutenant and is married and doing great Wow, you, you don't look old enough to have kids that are out doing those things. <laughs> oh, that's so kind of no, you. No, you really don't. I would not think that your kids were even in high school. Maybe oh, that's I mean, so kind of you. Well, I'm going to have podcast discussions with you all the come time. Come on, no, we need to hear those things. It's all true. It is all true. Um, so, thank you, first of all, for serving our country. Thank you for doing that. That was. Again, that's not something I would look at you and think she was in the military. No, but thank you for doing that. And tell us what was the your favorite thing about serving? Yeah, so I you know did a lot of the reason I joined the military is really out of desperation. I grew up really poor family and didn't have money to attend college and really wanted to complete college. And so I enlisted in the military in the army. And um, you know there was I was surrounded by a lot of people looking for ways out and uh, opportunities that they didn't have in their hometown. So there was a sense of serving, but then there was uh, this opportunity that the military provides to launch you into knowing about ethics and knowing about um, leadership and being having the opportunity to be you know a, a, a smaller scale leader. Um, you know, that it, it, there's so much I look back on in that military time that set the framework to how I operate now and, and, um, and so much of the professional courage that I've been able to have some really great opportunities in my career to engage in 
happen because I was a private and the expectations that you have as even being a a lower level member of the military, um, what you're supposed to, how you're supposed to act and and what your role is. And and you still have the the requirement to speak up if things are wrong. Um, So the the best part was definitely the people, and it still is. I'm so grateful I get to continue to serve um, in the civilian capacity. But the people that are around and the diversity and then the knowledge, too, that like here I thought I came from so little. And then you get around a group of people that come from even less. And many times that you you are it becomes this um, you are able to really compare yourself and your the resources that you have and be so grateful for um, the the privilege that you have in your life um, because you had teachers that cared about you or um, because I of my gender, my race, and that the things, sometimes those challenges, but also the opportunities that are provided. So it was this great just setting at 19 years old where I really got to understand my place in the world hmm. and understand that, that we don't all start off in the same spot. And so um, that was really grateful. And all those women I served with, like in basic training, have all just done such incredible things. And so to be able to be engaged with them through the, through our lives um, at, from a moment in which we had a lot of challenge to, to where we are now has been just one of the great blessings in my life. Hmm. Is that where you met your husband? I met my husband whenever I came back to school. So I um, had a family member that stole every dollar I made in the military they spent. And so I didn't really understand that you could um, – they wrote checks on my account at Citizens, actually. And I didn't know that I could just have – like had a forgery claim and got recouped all that money but I planned to go back to Oklahoma State and I didn't have the funds to do so so I went to the the um just down the road at the library and got one of those big college books and started calling colleges and got a nice scholarship to go to school in South Texas and so I got rides all the way down to Kingsville Texas and the first person I met was Marcus and so we quickly became best friends and then then we married. We were in ROTC together, so he got his commission and went on to active duty um, after we graduated while I served while we were in college. Wow. I, you've overcome some things. Yeah, I think that's so – like my favorite Steve Jobs quote is, you can only connect the dots when you're looking backwards. And so, you know, just so much you're led, it feels like, to life to do what you're meant to do if you allow yourself to really to lean into some of the challenges and learn from them and, you know, try to to elevate your your performance from that launch from that that adversity into something better um because that's it feels like that almost god has like forced me to make some turns and some some tweaks based upon some of those challenges so at the time they really sucked but looking back they were such blessings well i really see that your heart in wanting to reach out to people who are struggling as well just in your everyday life now being able to help people in some of the hardest times this last year through all the PPL things that you guys were. Yeah, I mean, so financial vulnerability is right there with your medical health as being something that causes so much stress. And I've been in times where I, um, you know, couldn't afford the baby formula and the, mm-hmm. um, or milk for their, you know, our home and, um, or, you know, where you're getting the notice that your electricity is going to be turned off or that the, that you're getting the notice of the overdraft and you still have both, the bills to pay and and it wasn't from me not trying it's just you know we're not all in the same circumstances and so I think that empathy um, that I'm able to have whether it's a small business owner that's having a small challenge or someone that's personally vulnerable from a financial standpoint knowing that we have a duty of care there and so 
Um, you know, we really talk about that a lot internally whenever a customer is even like really frustrated and can be even offensive sometimes and how they interact with us just knowing that we are likely interacting with them at a very vulnerable point in their life and so they can't abuse us and I'll step in if that's occurring but otherwise we need to really understand the situation and see how we can help someone get past that so during COVID I think that really was a great tool to to seek to understand uh, first, and then to see if there was ways in which we could release some of that pain. And and what happened is we saw that the the need was just so great and beyond our ability to help that the only thing that you could do was really connect with others. And so that's where the that's really where the real power came was you know matching up small business owners in New York City with a bank in New Jersey to serve them well, even though we weren't making money off of that as a bank. It was something that gave me the opportunity to really help others and and do so that really end up feeding our soul to help us do even more. Um, and then we learned but from any, all those encounters of ways that we can do things better at our bank and how I can th- do things better personally. Well, it just always comes down to just being kind and gracious to people and not knowing the circumstances. Just like you said, when somebody's yes. being grumpy at you, you don't we don't know what's going on with them. Don't. And, and And sometimes we're being grumpy to people and – we may not even know ourselves, but we're dealing with some issue and we need somebody to extend grace to us. So exactly right. It comes down to that. I know. Okay, so we talked a little bit about the Mark Cuban situation and how um, Citizens was able to work with him. And you told me re- before that it was just surreal. And yeah, it was crazy. So we worked with two things with him and both times well, – the first one was like a, a Shark Tank experience. So it was like high anxiety. You know, we're pitching back and forth trying to figure out if we can make something work and really fast turn around to make it happen. And what I loved about Cuban is that he was just wanting one bank to do one thing with their community and then him use his reach to amplify that and challenge other banks to do the same. The second interaction was – a lot less stressful, but it was the challenge that he like put out was basically there was this really complicated form that small businesses were having to fill out. And he just basically said, we've got to find a way to make this easier. This is going to be a disaster for our nation. And I just responded on it and then um, was able to find some partners really quickly to um, develop the plan and then pitch it to um, Cuban, but only through email this time. So there was a higher, much level, much higher level of trust that he extended me that second time, and we were able to get something implemented that was super complex in ten days. That was, um, and with this this kind of mantra that we wouldn't profit off of it, so that we weren't going to sell or collect data, and that we were gonna, it was going to be safe and secure, and so and free for all. And we were able to find partners really fast that align with that when we were really clear of this is what this is for. And then he ended up providing us several hundred thousand dollars of his AWS credits. Just gave me his login and password to make that happen. I mean, it was just so interesting, the level of accessibility and trust for someone that had never met me, um, that, but knowing that we were, we were on the same mission to help. Hmm. And that whole partnership started on social media, right? Yeah, he put out a challenge saying that he wanted to partner with a community uh, federal uh, FDIC insured bank uh, to get stimulus funds to Americans as fast as we could because there was going to be a two week delay before stimulus checks could get there. And we'd already been working on something. And what was so cool was that I'm usually I, mean, I have a good pulse of what's happening on social media, but I was just, I was not involved at this point. And my phone started blowing up saying Jill. 
Cuban just tweeted that he's going to partner with someone, a bank. It has to be you. And I went on to Twitter, and there was just hundreds of my fintech friends that put our name out to him. And then I responded with a um, with a tweet with my cell phone number, which I frequently do. And then someone from the fintech community t- texted me and said, hey, here's his email address that he provides. And so I emailed Cuban. He ended up calling me during my board meeting. And then we had um, a really short interaction and another kind of a couple of interactions after that. But what was so cool about interacting with Mark, and we've had probably over 100 in, um, interactions since then, I've never talked to anyone else but Mark Cuban. He monitors his email. He's the one doing his Twitter account. There's no P- He doesn't work with any PR firm. Um, I whenever um, I never tried to ask anything of him. And once people saw I was interacting with Cuban, I got tons of emails asking him to do this, ask him to do this. And instead, I was just like, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be a giver in this scenario. I'm not going to ask for anything. Um, and he, um, we, our programmers were working just day and night, plus doing the regular jobs um, on this this website. So I just sent him an email and said, Would you mind recording a short video, just thanking the programmers? Two minutes later, I had a two-minute video from Mark Cuban sitting there thanking the the programmers. It was that fast and that attentive, and it just showed like how important it is to be humble and accessible. And then if you can do that, if you really focus your energies in one area, how impactful you can be as a national leader, which he was. And so you, whether you align with him or not, it's undeniable that whenever he puts his focus on something that he's an influencer um, to the highest level. And, and he certainly was that during COVID. I mean, that's, I love that you guys came together. I mean, who would have thought a bank in Edmond, Oklahoma would get partnered with Mark for, mm-hmm. to do something so big? I mean, you just never know. Yeah, and to do it so fast. But, I mean, it was all about, like, we had a vendor that had given away their software early in COVID, so I knew that they likely had a heart for it. I went locally first to see if I could find someone to partner with, and everyone wanted a lot of money, and I just or they wanted a ton of PR, and we just – this wasn't about PR, and this wasn't about money for us. This was about helping, and so we knew we all needed to line in that way, and Tesla just did that, and then the FTLD registry gave us the .bank URL, which is the highest level of security, and got that deployed super fast for us. And so to have those people come together that quickly for the common good with no no financial benefit at all from it was just really incredible to see. Hmm. Is there any, do you have any numbers on how many people you are were able to help? So um, within 30 days, we had 250,000 businesses use the website and then it's grown since then. But just from that one partnership, then we had another partnership that resulted in 3 million businesses getting access to a simplified PVP forgiveness application. And so the, you know, if if you have 10 employees for each of those businesses, and that's two and a half million employees um, for this th- in the first 30 days mm. and then when you talk about 3 million then you're talking about 30 million oh, employees yeah. and most of the, I think the average is around 25 so um, it's it, I mean you're talking it's when you're helping small businesses you're you're helping America Absolutely. I mean there's just no and we were really hoping just to help if we were helping five out of this then that would be great but we knew that the, there was going to be a lot of need um, because of the complexity there was it was it's, 
you know, just like we were talking about the military, we don't all start from the same points in life. And the same is true with small businesses. There's not, there's um, areas of our economy and different demographics that just don't have the same access to a CPA in the family or a lawyer in the family and or in the community even. Um, so the whenever we get really sophisticated, um, challenging applications to get access to grant money, which is essentially was, um, you have um, varying degrees of um, privilege to access those because of the resources you have available to us. And so it's just very telling that in urban areas and minority small business owners, female small business owners just didn't have the same sophisticated network mm-hmm. as what we saw some of our other borrowers. And so those were the ones that were hurting the most. You could see it on social media, and that's what we we're really aiming to help. Mm, well, that's that was a great story. It was fun to watch mm-hmm. it unfold. And just you mentioned in the meeting as well that he recommended you. Oh, no, he put your name down to recommend him. Was so, that right? Yeah, so D Magazine did this great story about him. It's um, Mark Cuban is all grown up was the name of the story. And he they asked him to provide names of two of his partners that really knew him well. And I was just so honored when he asked me to contribute to that article for him because I knew it was a really important piece in this hometown I'm um, talking about his leadership at that time. So it was just really a privilege to be able to to be able to engage in that and be part of something that ended up being a really powerful story. Nice. And then he gave you his password. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes, it was literally, I was like, I was, it was my only ask of him was like, and okay, we expect this to be a really expensive endeavor. And he had previously told me that he would, I, that one of the first thing we did, I said, I might need up to $30 million. And he said, I'll write a check. And then I wasn't really asking him for $30 million, but he stepped in and said, I'll write a check. So in this one, I knew it was going to cost us likely $700,000. I think it was like $200,000 that it ended up for the website hosting, just all the volume that they had, that we might need some help with paying for this. And he said, like, John, give her our AWS password. And then John just sent it right to me. So um, it's, it was really impressive to see his how giving yeah. he was. and But but definitely a call to action. The first, the first thing, I learned my lesson the first time with him because he asked me how fast I could get something done. And I said, soon. And then he was he basically said, bye. There's no reason for us to talk any further if you're not going to commit to. He said, anybody can do soon. And so I said, well, how about by Tuesday? And this was on Friday. And so he's like, that'll be fine. So he's really, you know, has a bias towards people that, that – um, that want to act. He did a quote about me that was, um, she was all action, no talk, and was able to get in that she just got blank done. <laughs> and so like, wow, if that goes on my tombstone, like that's a good life. Like that people thought that you really got there you you know, go. good stuff done. There and so um, th- yeah, it was really a joy to work with him. It was less celebrity and a lot more kind of like being able to have a partner and, and really helping our country. Mm. It's loved. It's I enjoy being able to put like personal stories to someone that you see on TV because he seems kind of scary, frankly. (laughs) He was all kinds of scary on the phone. I mean, he doesn't have time and he talks just that way, but, but cares smart Mm as anything. And then just, you know, just that level of care Mm -hmm. and, and wanting to be surrounded by people that care. And my, the interactions I've had with him and just like hundreds of emails from people contacting him and him responding like, well, I think Jill could help with this. So you know that he's just like this, like the center of all this information and matching people with experts that can help them accelerate the the partnership that was the three million banks, the businesses getting helped. That came from a Mark Cuban email saying, hey, 
this guy, I think you should talk to Jill and she can help you explore this. So I was able to vet that vendor who was trying to help um, basically all the ride share and and food delivery drivers to get access to PBP. And then I was able to connect them with another provider and match them up together. And then that resulted in millions of small business owners being able to access PBP funds. I love it. So he, it it seems like a scary guy, but he's the hub of a lot of goodness that happened in 2020. He doesn't have any patience for um, delay or for (laughs) um, not being like really, he, he said, he called it Corona karma. And he's like the businesses that, put aside their profits, put aside their business plans, and really focus on helping during this season will be those that lead us into the next century, hmm. that they are, that businesses will prove who they are in this moment. And it is so true for citizens. Hmm. We always say, if we do good, we'll do well, that um, we talk about as being economic first responders. And that this this crisis really tested that and allow us to affirm that with our team. This is really who we are whenever it's, we're t- the time is called for us to be called into action to really stand up for our communities. We're going to be the leaders and communicating that to Washington, to be an advocate for small businesses, to ensure we're communicating properly to our community, what resources are available. We're going to be that just naturally because we're going to work our tails off to ensure that, that our community is protected and, and advocated for. Hmm. Well, thank you for stepping out there and making that phone call, that scary phone call, <laughs> and saying Tuesday, not soon, Tuesday. Tuesday yes. <laughs> When people ask you about your business, what do you say? How do you describe your products or services? Are you selling yourself short because you just can't put it into words? You're good at what you do, but it's not always easy to communicate how you're great at your work with simplicity. But now you have help. My friend Andrea at Strategic Hype will help you clarify your mission and communicate your value with a hype kit. This process will help you cut through the noise and share the best of what you do. We recently did a hype kit for Made Possible By, and it has allowed us to really simplify our message in order to get greater reach. For details on all the good stuff you'll get out of this hype kit, email andrea at strategic-hype.com or reach out to us and we will personally connect you. What's good, people? Hey, this is Hetty again. I just want to, first of all, let's give a shout out to Tracy, our great host uh, for the conversation around good podcasts. We also want to give a shout out to another one of our sponsors, and that sponsor is Plenty Mercantile. We love, love, love the team at Plenty Mercantile. They have been great supporters of our platform. And so we're thankful that they are now sponsoring this podcast so that we can get great stories, inspiring stories out to you, the listener. Now, let me tell you a little bit about the story. It's been around since 2012. They have several locations. They have one in uh, downtown Oklahoma City in the historic Automobile Alley. They have one in Edmond at Spring Creek and then also one in Chisholm Creek. And uh, the downtown store has a great rooftop venue 
and a warehouse for events. So uh, please check them out. You can go to their website at www.plentymercantile.com. And there you'll also find all their social handles. I follow them. Uh, the Made Possible our team uh, follows them. So we want you to go follow them as well. And they would love to meet you. So go ahead and stop by one of their locations. And just always remember shopping uh, at local retailers make makes a big difference. All right. Let's jump into this episode. I'm tossing it over to Tracy. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about uh, Herd on Herd and how that started, because that's also another way that you're um, investing in the economics of downtown. Yeah, so we con- decided to consolidate all our branch locations. Our board said, you know, we've been here for 100 years. or went through, went through some trouble. We were able to survive through that trouble. And after that, the board said, we don't want to sell. We want to be here for another 100 years. So we had to look really hard at our bank bank infrastructure and part of that was we had all these branches that were losing a lot of money um, and not providing the banks a lot of opportunities so we decided to consolidate all to downtown Edmond but at that time downtown Edmond had a lot of empty storefronts and mainly like antique stores were really the predominant type of retail establishments here so um, what my goal was was to how do we make coming to the bank like a destination and really make our downtown home uh, much more economically vibrant. And so we were really inspired by H&A, which was the largest food truck festival in the nation that was happening in Oklahoma City monthly. And then a bank in Ann Arbor, Michigan had a summer concert series. And so we were able to work with both of those groups to kind of come up with what became Herd on Herd. Also, the holiday pop-up shops that Al Sabarda Bailey had started doing. And so we fused those together and basically in three weeks put together uh, herd on herd to see how it worked. We had to beg food trucks to come into town because they said like Ebonites don't like to eat food trucks. And so um, they came and they sold out with the first hour and we knew ha- we had a hit. And then um, since then, we've had over a million people attend our monthly street festival that happens March through October every third Saturday. Um, kind of different this year because of COVID and we only had virtual last year because of COVID. And then we've had um, a $38 million economic impact based upon a study mm-hmm. by Oklahomans for the Arts. Um, and then we have over $80 million of development that either has started or is scheduled to start since the start, since the beginning of Herd on Herd. And I used to go to the chamber meetings, and I hear this less often this past year or so, but they used to always ask, like, why, did, why are you deciding to have this development in downtown Edmond? And they would always say, well, we came to Herd on Herd, and we saw the potential. And so now when you go around downtown Edmond, we have you know, probably a dozen more uh, restaurants. Um, every sh- every shop is filled. It's a really diverse group. Bookstores and um, you know great like clothing, um, local gifts. Um, so lots of different ways to shop and all diverse um, shopkeepers. And then we just had our last herd on her, which was just so fun and seeing our neighbors again. So it's all about building kind of that community goodness. Um, but then how that. It ends up parlaying to economic activity, which we hope then encourages um, shopkeepers and food trucks that they're going to have a permanent spot that they're able to do it here in downtown. Mm, I cannot believe you 
did it in three weeks. You started it in three weeks. We did. I, I'm a very action oriented person, so yes. it's hard I'm, and, and impatient. <laughs> so some of that, and and I also don't think you can get paralyzed by perfection. And so to going, you know, the action of just doing good, um, it is so much more successful than actually actually Kathy O'Connor that has led so much of the development in downtown Oklahoma City. She told me that actually, if you plan something too much, it can be a deterrent to economic activity. That 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 people really love to see something organically kind of happening. And so that's um, that gave me a really the permission to think a little bit differently and do things a little faster and not think I had to have it all planned out and perfect and then we just continue to learn from that imperfection and what we could do better and just add that into the next and the next and the next and the next event. Um, so that was really great. And then she also would talk about the power of 10 and that if you, ha- you really need 10 things in a downtown community to have like place making. And so we were really um, grateful, like the Patriarch Craft Brewer House open and then we started having some other like little parklets that the city put out and when those started adding and now we're well past the 10 you can see really the power and and that happening and she used a lot of examples of just things just kind of popping up rather than being overly planned out um, and then that makes it happen faster rather than having to get a really expensive development or something mm-hmm. no well it's definitely thriving now i mean it's you just see the growth it's amazing. It's so neat to be a part of it. We're so proud that this is our home. It's where we've been for 120 years. Oh, well, let's do 120 more. Yes. Just keep plan. it going. There that's you the go. plan. There you go. So not every business in their community, and we have listeners around the world that listen to this, um, could pull off a huge event like Herd on Herd. But what are some little things that you could recommend that they could, could do in their community to uh, boost economic growth or just to help communities working together to create diversity, inclusion? Mm-hmm. What what, do you, what suggestions do you have? Yeah, one of my favorite things to do are cash mobs. And so I'm just – we what we do is we provide each of our team members five dollars um, and we all raid kind of one shop one day and so that's been really successful when we can engage others so using social media social media i think is the number one thing to get out there so that you can really reach out to diverse communities and areas even geographically located differently from you um so that you can really get kind of that that new your people gets expanded using social media but then you can use things like these cash mobs to say let's all go to this store and sometimes it's been a store for us that that's been struggling we had a a restaurant that was struggling in downtown Edmond. They're not. They don't. They're not here anymore. But we did a cash mob for them. They came to us and said, "We're not going to be able to make payroll this weekend." And so we did a cash mob so that they could go and buy groceries, so that they they could then participate in herd on herd that then allow them to meet their payroll. And so you can really um, activate the community to support something, and then that's that can really infuse the economics uh, into place. Um, I'd also look at like empty store if you have empty spaces or spaces that you in your space that aren't well utilized and see how you can leverage that to better contribute to the community. So we have two situations in which that's occurred here. One is we're sitting in our co-working space. So that was kind of excess office space that we were able to then increase density in downtown by having more businesses use the space. And then we had storefront frontage um, down uh, by our bank where we needed more office space, but I really didn't need the access to Broadway, like the street in which all the merchants are. And so we have a micro little retail incubator there where we rotate out um, shopkeepers that are able to experience what it's like to run a store, um, but we're filling up that kind of really desired 
um, that store frontage without being at an office like it would be for the bank. Now it's actually retail and contributing to the experience downtown. So you can utilize all your resources in different ways to really help your community. But the main resource is how you can connect with others and activate them to to really either focus on the struggling business um, and increase awareness of one another. You know, I'm really um, – I really love giving shout outs to other businesses, not necessarily ones that are my customers, but making sure you're just like spreading the love because that rising tide really does lift yeah. all boats. Yeah, for sure. It's amazing what $5 can, you know, you get a group of people with $5 coming into a place that can make a big difference. Yeah. So, so like with that, we, they're required to take a picture with either the shop owner or what they're buying and then put it on their own social media. So then you can have that amplification of this particular shop and that people now know what they sell and that um, and where they're located. Um, so it's really powerful to really kind of layer those marketing efforts, not just have it the one act of spending the $5, but then hopefully that $5 leverage to you know, hundreds of dollars of PR for that particular business. Absolutely. Awareness. I was always amazed when I worked at the chamber in Guthrie that people would come in or come to town and say, I've lived here forever and I've never seen that shop or never knew that was there. Yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah, you just tweet about something or Instagram yes. something. Get out there and just say that you're I bought this cute thing here. You know, yeah, people are really apprehensive, like to tag others on social media. And so it's really important to tag those that will amplify a message and Mm -hmm. and just keep doing it. And and you'll end up becoming best friends. There you go. Just share the good. Keep sharing the good. So uh, you guys also support the Tower Theater in Oklahoma City. We do. Yeah, Yeah, that's so fun. I love getting behind the arts and seeing those different things. Um, What's been your favorite band so far? Well, so I have to give a shout out to JB. I mentioned that I'm, I love rap and hip hop. And yeah. so um, JB and his leadership in our community, um, you know, I, I just, he's one of my closest friends. I got to be the executive producer of his latest album. So that was super fun. Nice. And he debuted like in the top five on iTunes. Did you drop a beat with him on that album? <laughs> he it did not let me do that. <laughs> so, which just probably contributes to the album being as good as it is. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I would say JB and then I love Matt Stansberry and the romance. I think, um, they're just so fun with the diversity that they have in their band and just that big band experience. And then I love Kyle Dillingham. He's such a blessing for our state. And just, um, I think he's like legitimately, um, and like maybe officially our like Oklahoma music ambassador, but there's just so much joy whenever Kyle is playing that it's infectious. We've had him do, um, some concerts even at the bank and he will be playing the devil went down to Georgia while he's like, he's like, prancing and I mean he's like spending like thousands of calories like one hour (laughs) but he's like so enthusiastic and just so ridiculously talented that you get all of Kyle whenever he performs so he would be another one that I would say was just like one of the great ones and we just our band our headliner last night was um or Saturday night was the the, um the imaginary so Mm -hmm. Maggie McClure and Shane Henry they're married and just Mm -hmm. individually just amazing artists and so they're great and um, so I, I love them. Um, but there's just so many. We have so much talent. Chase Kirby is the hardest working guy in Oklahoma City's music business. So uh, Chase headlines his own band. But then you'll see him also playing in everybody else's band. And so it's just such a great um, – he's such a great inspiration as a leader because, you know, so much of being a leader is being a good follower and being part of – part of the band and then sometimes you're able to go out there and be the lead singer and rock it like chase does chase was on the voice and has great stories from that too but he's one of my favorites just because 
everybody wants Chase to play with them um, in a supporting position, and everybody wants to go see him play whenever he's headlining. Wow. We have a lot of talent here. We do. I could go on and on. Yeah. Wow. Definitely. So clearly we've seen your heart for others. We've seen um, how Citizens really loves to get behind not just small businesses, but the music industry, the um, the arts, the, the downtown community, and helping economic development growth. So what, what, how would you define community? I'm curious is what words you would put into that. Mm. Well, I don't think community is a geography at all. Um, I think you can start thinking that it's just your town or your city. Uh, but you, I think community is it's such a great word. Um, because it reflects kind of your people, but it's also those that are not like you and that aren't part of your people. And that's, and it's also um, the the vulnerable that you are protecting or advocating for. And it's those that are successful, they're leading the way. So um, when I think about community, I think it's just more of our responsibility to each other and that um, just the love and generosity that we provide one another as well as kind of accountability and um, encouragement that's also part of that and so it's just such a big word and it goes well beyond i think social media is allowed to go well beyond geographic limits and like when i think about what my community is um it's my it's my Edmund community, but it goes well beyond into like the fintech community space and into um, ban- the banking community and just the social good uh, components of people that have like-minded, they're leading businesses. And so I, it's, it can be as big or small as what you, uh, what you're talking, having to be talking about at the time. But I think it's generally um, this responsibility we have one to one another. I like that. I like that definition because we do it if one of us succeeds we all succeed you mm-hmm. know and if somebody's struggling we can come alongside and help someone even if it's five dollars that we can make a difference i love like um i mean like the constitution and declaration of independence and when we talk about the the inalienable rights that we have as humans and then i mean when i think about community it's a lot about this like ensuring that we all really have the accessibility to pursue happiness and so mm-hmm. what does that mean and how how do we help one another do that mm-hmm. it's that basic that basic thing and mm-hmm. if you're not if you're not experiencing the that those rights or experiencing what um maybe you don't have access access to things that um, other people do that you can help people gather that that's yeah. great well and we see people get so angry now mm-hmm. there's so much there's so much i don't know where it's coming from but then i i love it i go the same i go to the same place for breakfast every single morning and i had someone come up to me that was very angry about some action the city had taken and like well does this affect you in any negative sort of way and they're like no it really doesn't affect me at all I'm like well there's no reason to be angry about it then mm-hmm. and so i think we just need to have a lot more grace you talked about that earlier mm-hmm. and and just understanding and just being but just being so more of a more yes and more embracing things rather mm-hmm. than being no and pushing things away and so when i think about great communities it's about those that are so inclusive and have this mm-hmm. this thread of love um yeah. with, without judgment um and then um but ensuring that we're all safe and protected as well so mm-hmm. i like that thread of love without judgment sometimes that's hard it's hard for me and it's yeah. hard you know you need people around you to keep you accountable to mm-hmm. that that's where we call erica and scott yes exactly. <laughs> they can come help us so we've talked a lot about ways that uh 
citizens invest in the community, I know that there's a whole lot more. Is there anything else, any other ways that you'd like to share how you all give back? Yeah, I think what the main thing I would say for us is that it's about being a partner rather than just slapping a logo on something. So for us to be really engaged in activities and causes, it's it's that we really care about it and we want to be a part of it either because it reflects um, you know, the membership of our team and ensuring that we support them through our efforts in the community or that we see needs and opportunities or vulnerabilities in the community that we know that we need to be a leader on. I think that's what all companies should strive to do rather than just putting a logo on something. It's just how do we really impact um, positive change and ensure that um, that everyone has the accessibility to pursue happiness and growth and opportunities in their life. Mm. It goes back to the basics, the Declaration of Independence, just the, the <laughs> flat out, straightforward. This is who we are. That's exactly right. This is who we are. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love it. So, Jill, what would you leave with us today? What would be your 30 second, 60 second, whatever? You don't have to limit it. I always say that, but uh, your call to action. Yeah, I would just say we all have such challenges in life and we still face them and we all can look back in, in our history and say this really sucked and or this was a great opportunity uh, or even like points of shame where it's like, wow, I wish I wouldn't have done that or I wish I could have done something different. I would just encourage everyone that if they're facing that kind of darkness or challenges that, that they are able to put it in perspective of this is going to create so much light and it's going to prepare me for something in the future and I'm being prepared in this moment for something bigger than mm-hmm. what I can see for myself. I would also say to not put ceilings on things. When we started Hurt on Her, we weren't thinking about, like, is this going to produce loans and deposits for us or what type of financial benefit are we going to get from something? And the same was true with our partnership with Mark Cuban. Um, it's just leaning into doing good and knowing that you'll do well. It's a mantra that we have at the bank. If you do good, you'll do well. And it's proven with, without exception to be um, – so easy to to trust in and 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 it's always come to fruition and i also would say to to not get captivated by the light um that even though we like to talk about this that we ask a lot about the mark cuban story um his name isn't really what is just like to me the star it's the way that someone was able to engage with someone else to then quickly get partners in place to do good for a community without any kind of financial return or expectation. Um, and so when I, I like talking about that story because of that, not so much because it's the Mark Cuban story. So I think making sure you're not chasing the spotlight, but make that, that you're doing things for, for the greater good. And the spotlight will come. The spotlight comes to those that are doing good. Mm-hmm. Um, we never put out press release about this or that. It's about, you know, let's just let the actions speak for themselves. And then that's what, what really brings the elevation of a brand, I think, in play is whenever you're actually doing the work rather than actually putting out the fluffery. And so um, just keeping things really meeting, meaty and meaningful um, versus being like um, really trying to chase the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I I think that the whole situation with Mark Cuban, I think, and this is just my opinion, that it was successful to the extent that you guys weren't saying, what are we going to get out of this? It was just to help people. Oh, so good. And that just sums up citizens. I mean, it really does. It just sums up what how yeah. you guys invest in the community. And I love your um, your quote about being prepared in the dark times. That's definitely your path. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you've gone through some really difficult things. And and without that, I would never be prepared yeah. or be able to understand when I'm in that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so when you're, you've got to have the, the pain to 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 be able to really appreciate the joy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Jill, for taking the time to join us today. I really appreciate it so much. And I appreciate your heart mm-hmm. and your vulnerability and caring for your community. So thank you for doing that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Awesome. Listeners, thank you again for joining us for another conversation around good. Don't forget to like, tag, share, give us a podcast review. Um, we love to share stories of good from around the world. If you know of an individual organization, a business that is doing cool things in their community, go to madepossibleby.us, click podcast, and you have a place to sign them up because we would love to share their story. Now get out there and do your own good. Gonna have a good time. Gonna, 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 here, here. For conversation. Gonna have a good time. Say, 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 say,